You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can win the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin and the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. Packers play the Oakland Raiders in Canada, in Winnipeg, on Thursday night. That's tomorrow night. Uh, depending on when you're listening to this, show comes out Wednesday. It's going to be tomorrow night. And we're going to do something a little bit different tomorrow with the show, with the game. I wanted to do a little bit more of a preview today so that the show would have more legs with the daily show. I understand you can get behind don't always have time to get your your locked on Packers fix in that day. And if we do a preview on Thursday, by the time the game kicks, you can't listen. So we're going to preview the game today. And then tomorrow, I'm going to do a mailbag show that can live for a little bit longer. I'm going to answer your questions that are not necessarily Raider specific, specific to this week. And then at least, you know, if you miss it, uh, and you have the game recap Friday, and then you know whether it's Friday or over the weekend, you can catch up, and you're not behind. So hopefully that makes things a little bit easier on you. I know that once the season starts, there's going to be a lot of content coming at you, and hopefully you continue to make Locked on Packers uh, your home for everything you need with the Green Bay Packers. Obviously, we cannot provide... Uh, the written content, but I highly recommend Acme Packing Company. They have some good writers over there, uh, including uh, me. But but if even if I didn't write there, there are there are other really smart people there that that you should check out. Um, I always will recommend the Athletic and everything going on at Packers News, Packers Wire, uh, Cheesehead TV. There's a there's so many great Packer outlets out there. You really can't go wrong. Uh, let's start our discussion today. As we look toward Thursday night and what's going on with the Packers' third preseason game, generally the game where the starters play the most. And yet, we aren't even sure Aaron Rodgers is going to play. By the time you listen to this, maybe uh, we have some clarity on that. Matt Matt LaFleur made it seem like a game-time decision. Aaron Rodgers missed last week's game with stiffness in his back. Uh, Said it locked up on him when he got off the plane as someone who has had that happen to him. Uh, it sucks, and it is also something that can just, in a couple days, just go away. Uh, he practiced this week, and so Brian Gutekind said the plan is for him to play, but that he didn't need to play. And Matt LaFleur said uh, the plan is to have him play, but that he didn't need to play. Aaron Rodgers said uh, he didn't need to play. All of this seems to be heading toward a game where Aaron Rodgers doesn't play, and that also leads us down the road of Aaron Rodgers not playing in this preseason at all, which obviously for fans is a huge bummer. And obviously for someone like me, whose job it is to try and parse every little detail of everything going on in the field at all times, it's pretty disappointing that this is a data point 
that I don't get, I just don't get it. And uh, I'm going to have to extrapolate a little bit as we head into week one, if that's the case. Also, as just a fan of football, you know, anyone, you don't even have to be a Packers fan. You want to see Aaron Rodgers play and you want to see Aaron Rodgers play in a new offense, something that is different for him. We haven't seen it. So there's a curiosity factor there as well, no question. There has been some consternation over this in Packers Nation. And I've heard from a lot of fans who think it's necessary for Rodgers to be out there and that there is something to be gained from him to be out there. And look, I will, I will allow the possibility that being out there and getting a couple live reps could marginally influence Aaron Rodgers in terms of how sharp he is to start the season. Like, we're talking fractions of percentage points. You know, it's not going to make him 5% better or 2% better or even 1% better. We're talking about like 0.1% better. And how do I know this? Well, um, number one, he's Aaron Rodgers. Number two, he really hasn't played a lot in the preseason the last couple years. And while it is the case that there have been times when he's gotten off to slow starts, the Packer fans that, you know, you think about week one last year, uh, on one leg, he came back to win a game on enough painkillers to take down a horse, I'm sure. All right, we don't, we don't know. if He says he wasn't on painkillers. I don't know. Uh, but, but look, the, the idea that, that he would need to get live reps, I, I just don't buy it. I don't buy it. Aaron Rodgers, for his part, believes that practice is more important than preseason reps. And part of the reason is often in practice, you are scheming specifically to give the offense, you know, when they're doing a move the ball period, let's say, the goal is to give the offense disadvantageous positions from which to work. You're trying to stress the offense. So your offensive coordinator and your defensive coordinator get together and you say, okay, these are the play, these are the 10 plays we're going to run, 15 plays we're going to run, whatever it is. And you allow Mike Patton to get in the lab and say, okay, I'm going to cook something up for this. And just see how it goes. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying that's always how it works, but that can be how you run a practice. Sometimes you just say, we're going we're gonna to treat this like a game situation. It's prep for the coach on both sides of the ball. But you're making adjustments. You're doing all those things. Those are schematic differences from preseason because in the preseason, you don't game plan and you don't scheme. You just, you're out there just calling plays. Now, obviously, you want to call plays that you think work and you want to work on your sequencing. That's important for Matt LaFleur and his offense. But they're playing vanilla, and especially with the starters, you're not showing anything. I mean, we haven't even seen motion, really, from the starting offense. That's going to be a big part of this team, jet motion, orbit motion, just regular traditional motion. And we haven't really even seen it in the preseason. So the idea that Aaron Rodgers, that Aaron Rodgers needs live reps to get sharp for the regular season, I just don't buy it. And I just, I don't think there's evidence to suggest that it matters that much. Jared Goff played like eight snaps all of last preseason and and helped the Rams go to the Super Bowl. And you can say, oh, well, he has Sean McVay. Yeah, but he is a young quarterback in year three 
and in year two of an offense, he could. There are plenty of fans by by this math. If Aaron Rodgers needs the reps, then Jared Goff should be playing whole preseason games. But the reality is, he doesn't need the reps because he's Aaron Rodgers. And and you can say, okay, well, but he needs it for the other people that are playing around him, sort of. But he played last year with everyone on this starting offense except Billy Turner. 10 of the 11 starters on this offense played last year with Aaron Rodgers. And only Jimmy Graham and Marquez Valdez-Scantling, in terms of the primary group of offensive playmakers and starters that are going to be out there, those are the only guys that haven't been around this team for at least a year. He and Devontae Adams go back to 2014. David Bakhtiari, Corey Lindsley, Lane Taylor, Brian Bulaga, Geronimo Allison, even Aaron Jones goes back two years. So this idea that, oh, he needs to get on the same page with these guys, that's what practice is for. There really is nothing that can prepare you for live NFL games. The preseason is not the regular season. So it's, it's really not the same. It's like a dress rehearsal. If you have rehearsal, 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 once you get past tech rehearsal, you don't really need dress rehearsals. Tech, make sure you mark everything. Okay, you know, maybe maybe one time. One dress rehearsal, that's enough. That's it. You don't have to have a week's worth of dress rehearsals. You don't. You should, you're not still honing things at that point. You should know what to do in every situation. And guess what? Aaron Rodgers knows what to do. And if you don't know what to do in the bedroom, look, I can't help you there. But if you have problems with performance, BlueChew.com is here to help. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis so you can be sure that they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Now, this isn't just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guy who wants a little extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. They're made in the USA and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than going to a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Go to BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our promo code Locked On. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's BlueChew.com. Promo code Locked On to try it free. All right, so I want to get back to some of the storylines to watch. For Thursday night and, and we didn't really do it for the second week of the preseason because we expected it to be a lot of the same people and a lot of the same stuff and in in some ways you know everything that we talked about before still rings true uh, the most interesting players specifically I think are rookies or are related to rookies but there are some some things that we need to talk about here so the first thing the thing that is most interesting to me with Trevor Davis back if he gets snaps and, and right now, it looks like he's going to get a chance to play. How well does he do? Because Darius Shepard is coming for his roster spot. And they're giving Darius Shepard those return reps with Davis out. He's provided an element in the passing game that they don't have from any other player, including Trevor Davis. A little bit more of that Randall Cobb-type build. Some of that run-after catchability. He's, he's lower to the ground. He's got that low center of gravity. He's a slippery guy, 
and just gets open, just gets open and has tremendous feel for the game. He's fighting his way onto this team. And right now, I think if they keep six, Shepard is the guy. And one of the reasons that that he would make Trevor Davis even more expendable is because of his special team's value. So Trevor Davis is going to have to go out there and, and do something in the passing game and probably also in the special teams game because that that is what separates him. That is what differentiates him. So if he can't differentiate himself there, if he can't say, I am so much better than this other guy at this thing and we have equal receiving skills, then Darius Shepard is going to get that spot. And right now, you know, if it were me making those choices, I would pick Darius Shepard if for no other reason than, yes, Trevor Davis has had a really good camp, his best of his career. And yes, right now he is the best return option on this team. But his inability to stay healthy over his career is also a concern. And so to trade in those questions and the potential upside there for a younger player who can do some of the things that you can do and some of the things that you can't do, I think that would be a benefit to the Packers. This is going to be a dogfight. And it's, they're both going to play in week four, too, of the preseason. So they're going to they're gonna need to take advantage of these opportunities. I think the player that every Packer fan is going to be watching the most closely in this game is Rashawn Gary. And there is a, a sec- certain section of Packers fans who are, are just ready to be mad about it. They're just ready to be mad. Just ready to be disappointed. Ready to pounce. This guy sucks. They're just ready. I don't understand how so many sports fans, and it's not just Packer fans, it is in every single kind of sport in every single city, fans who live to hate their team and live to be cynical and jaded and just think, oh, well, I knew it. This guy sucks. This guy sucks. They're just ready for it. I don't get it. What, 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 what value does having that worldview bring to your life? I'm not saying be a sunny optimist at all times about all things to the point of naivete, to the point of not living in reality. But what value does being such a cynic bring to your life? You would have liked to see more from Rashawn Gary to this point. I'm not making excuses for anybody. But this idea that we're already sure that Rashawn Gary is just a bust, that he's Tony Mandrich, is absurd. And, and by the way, I don't want to hear anyone, anyone who listens to this show or follows me on Twitter or both. Obviously, if you listen, to, you wouldn't know that I'm saying this if you don't listen to this show or, and you follow me on Twitter, but not the point. I don't want any of you to say that Rashawn Gary was a workout warrior. Nonsense. Rashawn Gary was the number one high school prospect in the country. He was a hell of a football player in high school, and by the way, was a hell of a football player at Michigan. This was not someone who came in and blew out the combine and and went in the top 15 because of that. He was a really good player at Michigan. And if you need a refresher on why, and, and this is something we're going to address tomorrow at greater length because I got a, a very thoughtful question about it, and I'm going to give what I hope is a very thoughtful answer, no promises, about it. But go back and listen to the Don Brown episode we did with Rashawn Gary's defensive coordinator. Listen to him talk about Rashawn Gary and get back to me. 
All right. Another thing that is big and that we talked about yesterday on the show is the situation with the backup quarterbacks. And while I don't think it is important in the grand scheme of things to worry about it, it is still up in the air about who is going to be doing what and and who those guys are. Do the Packers keep three? Do they keep two? If they only keep two, who is the second? Because Tim Boyle this week has had a better week of practice. Deshaun Kaiser is up and down. That's just sort of who he is. The goal is to find a little bit more consistency with him. And clearly the Packers believe in him. And they're going to give him the opportunity to win that number two job. But at a certain point, you you have to open your eyes to the fact that Tim Boyle uh, is not afraid to push the ball down the field. He's been more accurate pushing the ball down the field than Deshaun Kaiser. But I think Kaiser clearly has the pedigree, uh, comes with uh, the talent level that I, that is really just, you know, it, it's undeniable at a certain point when a guy is, one guy is a second round pick who went to Notre Dame and another guy was an undrafted free agent who went to a, a group of five school. It, it's just, it is what it is. Uh, it doesn't mean that he's a better player. It just means the pedigree and the talent are different. That, that matters. And the fact that the Packers, one of the first acts that Brian Gutekunst made was trading for Deshaun Kaiser. That matters too. So they got to show it. I mean, Brian Gutekunst said it. You got to earn your keep. You know, if you're a draft pick or you were traded for whatever, you have to earn your keep to stay on the roster. So these guys are going to get opportunities. I think we're going to see both guys go against the the Raiders starters. I think both guys are going to get a chance to run the offense if Aaron Rodgers doesn't play. But it'll be telling to see what that rotation looks like. I think that's going to go a long way in letting us know where the Packers are leaning and what they're doing here. Uh, Elton Jenkins is making a legitimate push to be the starting left guard. And I think you will see Elton Jenkins playing right guard with the ones at some point. Uh, the, the Raiders have some, some very good interior defensive players, and so it'll be a good test. I don't know what they're going to do with Lane Taylor. If he doesn't start, I still think Lane Taylor is going to start, but they're giving Elton Jenkins every opportunity to go win that job. He's been that good. He's been that good. And, and pro football focus has their numbers by their numbers. He's been one of the best offensive linemen full stop in the preseason. So, you know, that, that speaks for itself. And then the last thing here, uh, that I'll be interested to see, we saw it a little bit against Baltimore uh, it was something that they've done in practice at times, at times, and that is using Curtis Bolton in that dime linebacker spot. Will they do that against the Raiders? Uh, it, clearly, you know, there is a, a schematic opportunity here for him with his skill set. But are the institutional advantages for Blake Martinez too much to overcome? His his knowledge of the scheme, his chemistry with his players, his ability to to communicate and to make the calls and to get everyone lined up in the right spot. Is that too much to overcome for someone like Curtis Bolton, who's you know, still trying to get a handle on life in the NFL? I don't know. But if they give him those opportunities, I think it's going to be telling that they, they want him to take that. They want him to take that, that role and, and run with it. So we'll see if he's able to do that. But just if he is, if he is getting those reps... I think it will speak to how highly the, the defensive coaches think of him and how high the bar is going to be 
when and if Warren Burks gets healthy enough to get back on the field and compete for that job again because he might have to do that. He might have to compete. He might have to go out and, and re-outplay Curtis Bolton to earn his spot back. That's how good Curtis Bolton has been. And so if they keep expanding his role, all that does is solidify what we think is happening with that linebacker spot. All right, before we get out of here, there's been this really weird situation with Josh Jones. And Matt LaFleur, you know, sort of fumbled over himself trying to explain why Josh Jones has not been on the field. Uh, Illness is the official word. Um, But he has been, quote, ill for, you know, like a week, a week and a half now, not practicing. And so it's sort of like, well, if you're you're not going to play him, then cut him. I don't know if they're working on a trade and trying to keep him healthy. It's like when they take, in baseball, they take a guy out of the lineup so that, you know, he doesn't get hurt that night if they're trying to work a deal. Uh, you know, that is something that that you could see. You There's also, you know, sometimes in the NBA, for example, they'll showcase guys. They'll go out and start running plays for, you know, Nick Young. Let him get some buckets, and then you can you can find a market for him. I don't understand what's going on here unless he really is just sick. Uh, But reading the tea leaves here, it seems like there's more to this story. And I don't know what it is. And we don't really have any hints of what it is. If they're going to trade him, why not let him play and, and see if you can recoup some of that value? And if he can't, then he's a player who shouldn't make this team anyway, and you're just going to cut him. So I don't see what the value is in sitting him. Either way, you're going to get clarity about your future. If he plays well, then maybe you can create a market for him and you can move on. Clearly, he doesn't want to be there. They said they kissed and made up. And then, you know, within 48 hours, all of a sudden, he's, he's not out there practicing anymore. So what's the deal? And, and you know, maybe this does stem from the Oren Burks injury, and they said, hey, we'd like you to, you know, do this. And he said, no. And they said, okay, well, then you're done. And unless and until you decide that this is okay, you're going to sit. You know, maybe maybe that's what's happening. That's speculation. But this is, it, it. this does not pass the smell test right now, the illness stuff. It just doesn't. Unless he has mono. And maybe he does. Maybe he does. Football locker rooms are weird places. There's there's all kinds of, you know, remember there was that that uh, staph infection outbreak in Tampa Bay, I think it was, a couple years ago. Probably longer than that now. MRSA. It's a, the, the locker room can be an ugly place. Maybe you, you catch something bad and weird. But you'd think if that were the case, then, then we'd be hearing about it. it. It's a bizarre situation. I don't think we have a good answer for it. And Matt LaFleur was not forthcoming with an answer. And Brian Gutekinst was not forthcoming with an answer. Um, his, his line continues to be, we think Josh Jones has a, has a place on this team. Now, if you're trying to trade him, you can't say, yeah, well, we're sick of all this drama and we're going to deal him. Well, then your, your position of power is you know, gone. It's a tough situation for the Packers to be in, and I'm sure it's a tough situation for Josh Jones to be in. So it, it is not a, it's not a, a win-win by any means. It's really a lose-lose right now. I just I don't understand the way it's being handled. If this is about the trade demand, it doesn't make sense. But if he is injured or he is sick, then it should be easier to just say, yeah, you know, he's dealing with this thing. 
and they weren't able to do that. So uh, until we get clarity, this is going to continue to be bizarre, and I'm sure fans are going to continue with conspiracy theories and fill in the white space, and that that's really all we have at this point. Uh, you know, that's just the nature of all of this. So the Packers take on the Oakland Raiders tomorrow night in Canada. And no, they do not owe it to the Canadian fans to play Aaron Rodgers, by the way. I had someone suggest that on Twitter. That is absolute nonsense. I mean, ridiculous. The Packers should not be making decisions based on anything any fans anywhere think when it comes to who is playing and who isn't playing. That is absurd. But, you know, we talked about all the guys to keep an eye on. There's, there's plenty of things to watch, and you're going to watch it anyway. If you listen to this show, you're going to watch the game. So I, I, have, I have no doubt about that. We'll be back tomorrow to talk about it, what happened. And, and remember, we're going to go live with the show as soon as we can after the game. So it may go up. You know, I think last week it went up something like 1 o'clock Eastern time, 12 Central. It might have even been 12.30. So if you're a West Coaster, great for you. Um, you'll get to listen to it before you go to sleep. Uh, if you're an East Coaster, maybe you stay up late. I heard from a couple people that said, hey, I stayed up late and listened to it. Uh, thanks for doing that. So something we're going to continue to do and something we might experiment with uh, during the season with with um, with late night games, with, with Sunday night games when Packers are on for Sunday night. You know, maybe we'll do instant reaction and put that right up and give you a little head head start. I think with the noon games, it's important to see everything that's transpired over the over the day and, and try and get all that into what we're trying to figure out how this impacts what Green Bay is doing. But for the Sunday night games, we'll have seen it. And so, you know, we can we can give you a little bit more context than, than we might otherwise be able to do. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast. If you haven't already, don't just parachute in. Subscribe and and leave a review on iTunes if you can. Five star would be highly preferred to any other number of stars. And uh, anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, we've got the mailbag show coming tomorrow. So if you want to get a question in for that, hit me up 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers.